episode 166 and uh jeremy ronick gonna join us here in just a few minutes uh we will go around the league preview everything going on around the league with him and uh, i look forward to doing that because because last week we didn't get too much time with him he was uh he was a little busy yeah i, I you know what i can't wait to hear about his trip he's he's an exciting guy um you never know where he is around the world and, uh, you know, he's in the Maltese, uh, islands spent, uh, spent some time there and I'm, I'm super, uh, curious to see, uh, see how the trip went. Yeah. I look forward to, uh, to hearing that as well and hearing how his, how his bets went. Cause you know, he's always making the bets or that's how he follows hockey. You know that, right? Like a, he watches, but it's not even so much watching as much as it is paying attention to his bets and who's winning, who's losing. All right, let's get to Jeremy Roenick. What's up? There boys? he is. Back, back stateside. Happy Wednesday. What's going on? How was the trip? Fantastic. Just what I needed. Perfect 11 days. I feel like one big giant rigatoni noodle. But 11 you know, days you were yeah. gone? Yeah. Wow, that's, a a, that's a long trip. Eh, usually I go away for two weeks. It was, it's, it was pretty quick. And you know, everything goes by so goddamn fast, you know, but um, it was great. And when you bring your whole family and then their significant others, it, it could get pretty hairy, but it was, it was great. We, um, we survived and, you know, went pretty much uh, um, problem free. Well, tell us, free. tell us a little bit about, so you were in the Maltese islands. Tell us yep. a little bit about your trip and kind of like, maybe what you did for over, over the course of the 11 days. No, it was great. We went to Rome and, um, you know, we ate and you see the Sistine Sistine chapel. I've seen it many times. My daughter's never been there. So we had to start there so she could see it. What about the 17th or 18th chapels? Have you been to them? They stopped at Sistine at the Sistine. It was just, you can't, you can't, you can't beat it. (laughs) Do you know what movie that, you know what movie that's from? That's Vince Vaughn, man. When he's like in breakup, when he's like the sixty. You think when when Michelangelo was painting the sixteenth chapel, she's like, uh, "It's the Sistine Chapel, not the 16th. I should have got that. Good reference. I Good thought reference. for sure you would have got that. Anyway, carry on. Yeah, you know, it was just a great trip. I mean, the, not many people know about Malta, to tell you the truth. And you know, it's one of the oldest islands in the world, and it's it, you know, there's parts of it that are really beautiful. It's it's kind of the buildings are worn down because it is so old. But I'll tell you what, the water, the Blue Lagoon, the cove where I did the show last week was just was absolutely spectacular. And you know what was funny is I was flying home and I was watching that new Jurassic Park movie uh, just to kill time. And part of the movie was filmed in Malta, in yeah. Valletta, in the in the town that I that we were hanging out in most of the time, which was an amazing little uh, city in in Malta. It's called Valletta. It was absolutely spectacular. And I see all these dinosaurs running through the town, the square that I just had lunch at. I'm like, holy shit! That is, I didn't even never heard of Valletta. Now I've seen the movie where Valletta's in. What, right when I come home from Valletta, like, what are the odds of that? Uh, maybe the airline planned that. <laughs> 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 I, I, I don't i don't give i don't give airlines that actually much don't give any airlines that much credit speaking well Jesus. okay let's get right into it you talk about dinosaurs how how many games did you have you played in a row in the nhl uh you know i think the, in the beginning of my career i went on a long streak i think i was over 300 at one point 350 or 375 like i are you, are you I, aware I of that when you're in, in at 200 300 games are you aware of the fact that you've played that yes, many 100%. games in- you are. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Um, and I think it was early in my career. It might have been through my my second, my 90 to 90, 93 season. That that year, those first couple of years, I, I, I had an Iron Man, Iron Man streak going for quite some time. No kidding. Which is, which, which is impressive with the, the as, as fucking crazy and physical as I played. Okay, and that's 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 something we talked about when it comes to Phil Kessels. Maybe is that how these the Yandels and the Kessels are able to do that because they're not they don't play like you know any of us. But they, so it's a it's a hundred percent. Like you look at um, Pat, Patrick Marlowe, and I take nothing away from him. He's a he is like the perfect hockey player when you think about it. But you know, like he wasn't like a grinder. He he was a no. You know, well, look he at was the, able look to play all guys, those games. Look at some of the guys who played the, the most, right? Like. Yarmer Yager, right? Yarmer Yager wasn't going to hit anybody. 
I mean, he got hit a lot, and a lot of times he was able to elude Not a lot hit. of hits. He got bumped. But there's the difference. Yeah, yeah. He he did. He he stayed away from the physicality, and when someone came at him, he was so elusive that he would spin out, or his body he he'd stick his ass out and and absorb absorb a lot of the hit. Uh, Marlo was the same thing. Marlo, well, he he would run into you. He wouldn't hit you, um, and he wasn't a physical player. And and you know, Fatty took good good care of himself. I mean, he he definitely worked out very hard and and, and stayed in good shape. But he wasn't a physical player. He didn't put himself in into positions where he was going to get hurt very often. There's no question that there are certain players that play a certain way that allow them to play longer in these streaks and. Um, and a lot of them, like Yandel, Yandel, Yandel played through a lot of pain, a lot of injury. Um, he was, he had a, I think he was more durable and had a bigger um, uh, pain tolerance and was able to fight through. These other guys, just they just were very lucky that they weren't in the mix or as physical and as hard on their body. Um, who, who have you played and, with, and though? Phil, and by the way, Phil Kessel, Phil Kessel, same way. Have you, have you ever seen Phil Kessel hit somebody? Not a chance. Not, not a chance. He's, yeah, but he's, he but just... still though, nine hundred and ninety games, no slap shot to the face, oh, no it's, no it's... no getting clipped, flying down the wing. Like, I mean, I'd love to know, and I'm seeing him right now on the NHL network. No, there there is there is something to say. There is something to say about that. There's no question. Like, you, you what has he played luck. through? He's he's won Stanley Cups in that in that time. Like, what has he played through? There has to be something an ailment that he was he was dealing with there's no way he's, he's just oh, that i'm healthy. sure i'm sure he's played i'm sure he's i'm sure he's played through pain there's no question i'm sure he's played through things that have that have bothered him but um you know you have to be extremely lucky and and play a certain style of game like phil kessel you don't see phil kessel in front of the net Right, you don't see him battling in front of the net and in that really dirty areas all the time. A lot of his goals are coming off the rush. A lot of his goals are on the power play. Um, Phil Kessel is a is a perimeter player. When he gets flying down the wing and he gets in, comes to the middle and all that stuff, he's usually bursting with a lot of speed. And where he where he gets in the most danger is when he does come off the come off that wing with speed, taking that shot. But where a lot of guys get hurt is in that those high traffic areas, right in front of the net. Um, guys getting hit with shots, blocking shots. Um, you know, Phil Kessel's not that type of player. He's more of a perimeter style player and has been his whole career. And and one probably one of the best shooters coming off the wing that we've seen in a long time in the National Hockey League. Yeah, you can just you can if if you if you've seen enough of them or even just played against them, you can visualize it easily. Just come down the wing sure. with one leg and. Kicking the yep. leg with the with the snapshot. Uh, he scored his four hundredth goal last night. So yeah, you know, and he yeah, scored. He actually scored in the in the game, um, the tying, uh, the nine hundred and eighty ninth game where he tied Keith Yandel. He ended up scoring, but then they called it back. So <laughs> hey, listen, Phil, Phil can play, man. I'll tell you, he 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 gets a bad rap with a lot of his coaches, and um because he's not in the best shape. He's almost like the Pillsbury Doughboy of, of goal scorers. You know, he's, he's, he's got that little, he's got that baby fatty, um, but he's so strong. He's such a good skater. He's such a good shooter that he can get away with it. And I think, um, you know, he's been such a good player for so long. I mean, scored his 400th goal. And and by the way, you know, congratulations to him to pass Keith Yandel. And, you know, he probably would have passed Keith Yandel, even though, even if Mike, Mike Yo didn't, uh, didn't do the bullshit sitting of, of Keith Yandel last year. Right. I still think he's, a, I still think he sucks for doing that in the major way. Well, but, Phil's, Phil's going to get to yeah, Phil's, Phil's yeah, but Phil, but, but Phil, Phil should have missed the game last year in Edmonton because of the birth of his child, but the team when played and the players. One he went and played one shift and the team and the team and the players rented him a jet so he can play one shift to get back. See, that's what it means to the players. That's what it means to your teammates. And the fact that Mike, you did that to Keith Yandel last year is so much disrespect because we see how much it means to the players, right? That so Phil that, Kessel did that. So that being said, let's not forget that Phil Kessel at the start of his career had testicular cancer. Yeah. Do we remember this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. Like so, I mean, to go on and play nine hundred and ninety straight games at some point, you know, after that, and I, I and I, I don't know how you guys feel. I'm sure you probably share the same sentiments, but I, I've never met the guy. 
Okay. He's a great guy. He's a I, great well, guy. I, very, very, listen. I love very, him, JR. That's what I'm saying. I've never odd. met him. He's odd. He's very odd, right? He's, his communication is, he's, but I, that's what I love about him. He's not, he's not overly um, expressive and he's not, but he's, he's one of those really cool cats, right? That just is fun to be around. He's a good, he's <laughs> Did a good dude. Did you ever dude. see the video kind of, of like, him this, getting this, in the, this, in the this cryo like, chamber? Like, Did you guys ever see like, the like this? He's like, yeah, whatever. I just, yeah, I'm a squirt, squirt, squirt. Or the, or the yeah, interview with that. your, uh, with your best buddy there, Pierre Maguire on the bench when he's like, how's the, how's the breath, how's the wind or something? He's like, oh yeah, my breath is terrible. No, how's Here's- the breath? No, he goes, no, he goes, how's, how's the breath? He goes, oh, that's pretty bad, huh? Pretty bad. <laughs> I, I, can this actually, Phil was, Phil was, Phil was pissed at that. Phil, Phil was really pissed. He came into the locker room and said, I'm never doing an interview with that piece of shit again. Like he Come actually, on! He no, had, he didn't. Yeah. Yes, but he did. Why is that on? Yes, why did. is that on Pierre Maguire? Like, I listen. I don't. I don't know. That's what. That's just how Phil took it. You know, maybe maybe Phil is like everybody else who doesn't like Pierre Maguire. But you know, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, all right. So so last question about Phil Kessel: Is he a Hall of Famer in Jeremy Roenick's opinion? Whoa. Um, well, in my opinion, I think if you play in the National Hockey League, period, you're you're eligible for the Hall of Fame. It just depends on who likes you or not. So, thank yeah. you. I mean, that's 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 the way I see it now. I mean, hey, listen, if if the if both Sedins can get in at the same time on the first ballot, then Phil Kessel is for sure a Hall. It's of not fame even the Sedins for it's me. Not, it's because not, it's, you know it's they're just, almost like a crazy. Dirt. The Sedins right. are almost like an entity, okay? Phil so Kessel has done more they go than in, both Sedins put together. Yes. Well, Sedins so, Sedins are an entity, so they go in together, in my opinion, if they if they were, should ever go in at all, which uh, is a mistake. Do they live in but, the same house? Do they live in the same house together with, the, with, the, with their wives? They Daniel Alfredson drives me nuts. The fact that, that one drives me nuts, okay? And it's nothing personal. I, I don't know him. Listen, I, I just... I don't I don't believe that is right. With the class that's going in this year of the three Swedes, okay? There are so many people that have now by hockey by hockey, okay, accomplishments, the the the, the range of eligibility or people that should be talked about now has just grown by the thousands. And I say thousands. Who's, that who's started- in who's in this year? Uh, the Sedins and Daniel Alperton. Yeah. So I, so, I'm, so, I'm, so I'm just going to say this, Jr. I, I want Borea you to Salming, understand something. Borja Salming, whoever's on the on the on the uh, board, uh, the Swede that 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 puts that puts his recommendations out, really had a big voice this year. Okay. A huge voice. Just give me, give me, give me one minute here. Okay. Just going to get this off my chest, and I'm I'm. I, I, when I say this, when I say this, Jr., I mean it. You should be in the Hockey Hall of Fame, okay? Listen to me. This has nothing to do with me knowing you and me being a friend of you or even playing with you because I'm going to tell you this. When you were in the league and I was playing in the league, I thought you were a piece of shit. I thought you're an arrogant piece of shit. I couldn't fucking stand you. Okay. It's awesome. Well, <laughs> that's awesome. Okay. That's awesome. I love it. But my time watching you throughout your career, now you're ended. And, and I'm looking at what you did as a individual person in the league. It is mind boggling to me that you are not in. It is absolutely criminal. And I said this yesterday. I said Daniel Alfredson was a very good hockey player. I played against mm-hmm. him. I played in in Montreal. He was in Ottawa. He was in my division. I played him all the time. It felt like we played them every second game. Okay, mm-hmm. he's a very good player. He's a very good hockey player. He is nowhere near a guy that I would be putting in the Hockey Hall of Fame over you. This has nothing to do with our friendship. This has nothing to do with us, Jr. This has to yeah. do with me growing up watching you when you were playing in Chicago, 
literally being attached to one of the most storied hockey video games. Like in you're the an American born player playing for the Hawks, JR, and you were fucking huge in Canada. But how many Americans have more points than you do? Two. If you, if you, if you, so explain if, this if, to no. me. Explain this to me. How there's three, only two three. guys or three guys. Okay, well, three, big you, deal. You, I don't care if there's involved. 20 guys, JR. There's a gazillion people in the Hockey Hall of Fame. You're going to yeah. tell me that the that the that one of the highest scoring U.S.-born hockey players in the history of this game who scored, who's in the 500 club, who here's the thing that here's the thing that I don't get. Not only were you a good hockey player, not only were you a goal scorer, not only were you a physical presence on the ice, you gave personality to a league that was the most boring fucking sport of all time. We are robotic, boring guys that you go and answer a question. You're robotic. You have no personality. You have nothing. You brought that to our boring ass league for years. I just don't understand what you did on the ice is, is, is one thing, but you also have all of these other accolades behind you. What did fucking Daniel Alfredson do? Guys, boat is boring as a frigging kick in the balls. Like I don't get how he's going in. And and he's cheap and he's cheap because my cousin and Jr. you'd never pull the shit. My cousin worked at a restaurant in Ottawa when she went to school at Carlton. He came in, racked up a $2,000 dinner bill, left a $50 tip. Uh, Oh, that's not Hall of Fame. That's not Hall of Fame. Listen, I, I, Hey, I love you guys for for saying that, Riv. You know, I love you. To well, death. don't that, that, don't that. say I, but, thank but, you, Riv. No, don't say thank you because it. I'm saying it not because you're here. I, know, I don't give I a shit that you're here. I don't give a shit that we played together or we have a a, a relationship. I look at the. I, I'm going to tell you right now. If you didn't fucking deserve to be in there. I would sit there and I would tell you. I'd be like, Jr. Yeah, listen, yeah. you had a really good you career, would. but okay, you're well, on that border. Okay, you're not well, on this the is, border. This, I'm gonna finish it with this, and I'm gonna again. I'm gonna yeah, because I'm gonna puke. I love you for that. Okay, because I'm gonna thank you guys again. But this is if if there was any year in the past 13 years since I've been um, since I've been retired, this this year's class was the absolute um, was the absolute convincer for me that it doesn't matter what you do in the league it depends on who likes you it depends on who likes you it depends on on you know on your relationship with certain people well uh, whether i'm telling you it's 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 who you know well you you, are you and a few other players are living proof of how the system works because it's 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 so glaring and obvious anyway important well thanks guys let's get past that love fest um, that being said, is Phil Kessel Hall of Famer? Like I said, if if the Sedin twins are Hall of Famer, then then Phil Kessel is going to be a Hall of Famer. Absolutely freaking no way he's a Hall of Famer. Absolutely hey, no way is he a Hall of Famer. Neither is Daniel uh, Henrik Sedin. Daniel Sedin. He but, will be great. Uh, you know, that's crank, not true. I don't think I it would should take, be first ballot. I would take the Sedin twins and Daniel Alfredson 1000 times over Phil Kessel. He is not. And I will repeat this a thousand times over Phil Kessel. If he gets into the hockey hall of fame, I'm writing a fucking letter. Okay. (laughs) I'm going to go public. It's a, it would be a travesty to have him in there. He is literally a one dimensional hockey player that has played well, he has, 90 he, games which he means has been that he not a blocked a shot yeah. he doesn't go in the corner he doesn't go to the front of the net he is a speedster off the wing and he's got a great shot he he scored his 400th goal he's not in the 500 goal club okay he's he he doesn't have a thousand points right now i mean what are we talking anymore. about here what are we but talking about but here? i will Phil tell Kessel you this going i will into tell the you this what he does have going against him, okay, is look what happened to him in Toronto. He got thrown out of Toronto. He got pretty much they they gave up on him before he even started in Toronto. And so so you look at the way he was treated in Toronto. So obviously he's not a big Canadian, um, uh, you know, he doesn't have a lot of good support from the Canadian base. That's uh, he's Ameri- he's he, he's American, and uh, with those two things going against him, 
um, Riv, you, you, you know, you probably won't have to write that letter, but we'll see. He's a, he's a great <laughs> hockey player. Don't get me wrong. He is a great totally hockey agree. player. I to- totally he, agree. He, he, he was, he, he's got, he's got great skills. He's got a beautiful skating stride. He, he can make plays. He can produce some points. He is not a hockey hall of famer. Yeah. But that, all that, all that skill and what kind of player doesn't matter anymore. Like I said, it, it's, it's who, you know, it's who likes you. There's no, period. there's, there's no way. I period, mean, period, listen. period. And it's like, you can't convince me. You can't convince me anymore. Okay. Like, I've watched it for years and years. I've had people reach out to me on social every year on Je- on June 26. I my phone blows up saying good luck, good luck, good luck, and that my same response every every fucking year. It's you know, it's not going to happen. Thanks for the wishes. You know, you said it last year breath. on this show. We talked about so, it last listen, year on this show. It just as a let, let's get out of this. Let's get out of this stupid stupid conversation no because no it's, you it's, know what it's, it's, it's such a some, it's such a it's such a it's such a waste of energy and time and that's why i don't think about it anymore well let's who are you thinking about what's your thought on the league right now i, I think just as surprises the teams that have been really bad and the teams that have that we thought were going to be really bad have actually been pretty good oh i know who you you're know, thinking about right now you're starting with about? chicago yeah I'm, like how they just won Chicago? four straight. How is that even possible? They rip, they <laughs> literally only- ripped apart their entire team. They their entire team besides like five guys on the team. I don't even never even heard of. Yep. How's that and even possible? They, and, and they just came back off the road and won two games right at home. And we know how hard it is to win coming home off of a long road trip, right? Vancouver just did it. They lost. San Jose just did it. They lost. Even though those are not great teams, but. Chicago, I would think, would have been worse than those two teams. Like the fact that Vancouver has not won a game yet and has absolutely, um, you know, screwed themselves game in game out. They've 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 blown leads. I think in every single game that they've played it. Now I'm not giving Vancouver a lot of a lot of credit because I didn't think they were going to be awesome this year. But they're definitely better than oh 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 and five. I thought they were going to be. I thought they were going to be a wild card push. I really did. I thought, I don't know why I just, they were a team. I, I mean, they have, they have the team, they have the players. I mean, yeah. you got Horvat, you have uh, Besser, you got, you know, the, the young Swede, that kid's sick. Um, Pete Pedersen. Uh, obviously you got Hughes on the back JT, end. Yeah. JT, you know, JT Miller. I mean, you got a good squad there. That, the fact that they're. Dr. Demko and, and net. And they've been leading pretty much every game. And the third period, they're chokers. Uh, I mean, you get rid of you get rid of Travis Green as a coach who who has his team compete for sixty minutes, and then you then and then you put in these guys who can't get the job done. I mean, I think it's this is this is your coach not having your team prepared at the right time going into a game, you know, yelling and screaming. I just but what do you think of uh, Johnny Taves? Johnny Taves at the start of the season. Um, I'm so happy for Johnny. Went, went public, went public and, and, and was, was saying that he was not happy at all with the decisions that were being made by the Chicago Blackhawks and this complete and teardown of, of the team. Um, but you know, start, he started pretty solid four points, six games, three goals. Yeah. Um, he's yeah. a pot plus player. Obviously he's, he's playing big minutes right now. Um, he has to, he like, has do you to. think he'll, do you think he'll finish? Um, it's really interesting because you you have that conversation of Chicago is very very clearly going in a different direction. They are looking to rebuild, restock the cupboard, and John Jonathan Taves in, in all Kane, aspects. In all in all aspects, by the way, and through through the front through the front. Yeah, office like and, I mean, they're and, tearing and it the down. When we booth. when we say they're tearing it down from like. They're going from the absolute top down. I mean, management, coaches, GMs, all the way through. Luke like Richardson just hired broadcasters, broadcasters, everything. Yeah, yeah. Um, and 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 good, good. Uh, they they needed a little uh, change there. They needed yeah, to. I, I know, uh, yeah, but you can't. But, I I agree with everything you're saying, but the one thing that I disagreed with in in the most major way is getting rid of Alex Brinkett. You can't get rid of a forty goal scorer, twenty four year old, which yeah. pissed piss Patrick Kane off. You know, it's nice to see Kaner got off the snide, got his first goal last night, but he's 
you know, what does he have? Six, six points, six points in the first six games. So he's, you know, he's still doing this thing. Yeah. So, you know, both those two players, Jonathan Taves and Patrick Kane are not going to be on playoff teams. They're in the last year of their deal of a $10.5 million deal. Both of them, as far as I'm concerned, still have game, like lots of game. Mm -hmm. And, you know, my, my, my thought is, you know, are we going to see Patrick Kane or, and Jonathan Taves in a new Jersey? I, I believe after the con after this contract, you will. I think that you will. I think Patrick Kane is definitely going to go to a team that has a chance to win. Cause I think he wants to win another one coming to Buffalo. Um, uh, he probably could. I mean, as good as Buffalo has been playing, I mean, they had a stinker last night, but they've, I mean, they've been great to watch and, you know, Darlene's been unbelievable. Right. So um, yeah, Buffalo's could be a team they could look at, go play at home in front. So his parents don't have to drive from Buffalo to Chicago for every game, which they do. They're great people. They support Patrick like nobody else. Um, that could happen. I think Jonathan Taves is going to stay. Uh, and I don't, I think, I think John is probably will retire first and I, I just don't see him moving on to another team. He's you think he'll, I you think, think he'll stick with Chicago and kind of, uh, because listen, I mean, he's 30, I think he'll retire old, early. I think he'll retire early. I really? Think I think, really? Yeah, I think he will. I think he will. I mean, he's, he's, he just seems like one of those guys that, um, you know, he's very happy with where he is. I think he's going to do everything he can for the Blackhawks. I think, I think his, his dynasty with the Hawks being the captain, being one of the best captains in the league for a long time. I think that means something to him. I don't know if three, he'll three Stanley cups, right? I think I, I just, I, he's not, it's not about money. You know, his health is, is important. He missed a whole year to, to, to nobody knows what his ailment was. Um, so here's, here's know. the, well, right. And he, he, what, yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I think he walks away at the end of this year and just doesn't play again. I think Patrick Kane, same thing. So I think John Taves probably finishes the year in Chicago and then retires a Hawk. Patrick Kane, Patrick Kane, who's on the last year of his deal, and it's a 10.5 hit, but it's only $6 million in salary. So, yeah. so you know, I think the Hawks use that as a trade bait at the deadline. I mean, they're not going for a playoff run. So Patrick Kane, they're not going to let this guy walk for nothing. They can't. They can't. Yeah, no, it's, a great, they... it's a great. It's a great. It's a great. Great. It's a great point. I think. Um, yeah, I, I can see. I can see Patrick being a, a huge, especially if he keeps on, you know, putting points on the board like he is. He could be a huge asset to a team making a run come February. So that's a, actually a great take by you, but. Um, Oh, I, I mean, yeah. I, I can't say it's an original take. I'm, I, it's just, I, I'm, you know, as we talk about the Hawks, because they're off to a good start. If they were, oh, and what are however many games they played, six, seven, six. If they well, they could go. They could. They could go right in the tank, and and that that statement could be more of a of a true statement. Well, right. But even if they're even if they're a wild card team at the deadline, you don't think they trade them anyway? Like, what? How far are they going to go with this squad? In in reality, they're not going that far. So is it worth it to keep him, let him leave for free, or is it worth it to to trade him to the Rangers for a first or Toronto for a first or something and start to stockpile your future? By it's the way, be, another another player that's gone. It, what's that? It, it's going to be a very very difficult decision to give away your franchise player at in February, with the fact that maybe you can make the playoffs and make playoff money, which every team needs. You know, but the Chicago could afford it, but it's their future that, that they have to look forward to. That's going to yeah, be tough. But but that's a that's a lot to gamble to keep him and not get anything for him. And then you I know how you hard hockey. Listen. You know how hard hockey gets. You you guys know way more better than I do about how hard hockey gets from the deadline to the end of the year after mm-hmm. the after the. So what, you know, what, which player are we talking about? Are we talking about Kane? Yeah, Kane. Yeah, okay. still have been. Yes, so so and 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 Jr. You just you just alluded to. You think that Chicago will not move him? Because no, he's I think the franchise player. No, no, I think it'll be a very difficult decision for them to make that decision in February if they keep winning games and they keep if they are in the playoff hunt. Yeah. Listen, because uh, I, you know, here's my thought. My my thought is this, and I don't. I I think there has to be 
there has to be an understanding before the season even started. They went and released a whole bunch of uh, players. They they gutted their lineup. They are clearly looking to to rebuild to the glory days of of um you know what happened with uh you know Taves and Kane. They had to suck in order to acquire those players. They're looking at the same situation now. They're going, they're they're rebuilding. In order to rebuild, you have to tear things down to the studs. You need to acquire, um, you know, multiple draft picks, okay? You need to look at, you know, next year, the Chicago has two second rounders, two uh two first rounders two second rounders two third rounders in 2024 they have two second rounders two first rounders two second rounders two third they're stocking the cupboards and one of those players they're looking to hit the big home run okay do you Patrick know who they Kane let has to be moved nothing? it has to yeah. be moved you're gonna you're gonna get a massive massive haul for moving this player and you know and, who and you they know let what? walk for nothing. Go ahead. Sorry, you had another point. You I guess make one one more point is that Patrick Kane has done wonders for 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 almost fifteen years in Chicago, but it's almost like pay it forward. You know, he he was brought in. He's had a storied career. He's going to be a hockey hall of famer. He's won three Stanley Cups. Now I look at him and say, pay it forward, go and go and move, get moved, get all of those draft picks, get all of those high end prospects that are going to make Chicago Blackhawks a great team again for the next decade. And that's, that is the ultimate, when you can utilize a player like Patrick Kane that helped you win three Stanley cups. And at the end of his career, when he still has, you know, a price tag to him. Go and sell him when he's still high, and he's going to pay it forward for the Chicago Blackhawks for the next decade. Yeah, I totally. I, you know what? I agree with you 100. percent I agree uh, with you 100. percent They let Dominic Kubalik walk. He has 10 points uh, already this year. Just thought I would uh, throw that out. They let him go to UFA, signed for 2.5 million with Detroit. Now he has uh, four goals, six assists, 10 points <laughs> in Detroit. So, what are some other teams that you were surprised at had a had a bad start? Uh, what's Tampa? Tampa's like la- almost last ah. in, in the in the East. You know what like, they're doing, Jr. You, you the game now. I the, I don't care what they're doing. They're in cruise control. Doing. They're in cruise control till about Christmas. Everyone knows now. St. Louis proved I, it. All hey, they keep good, going the way they're going. Yeah. They're going to be out. Yeah, no, no, they're yeah, not. No. They just they're not the same team, man. They're not the same team as what they used to be. Ryan McDonough gone. You have uh, Palat gone. These are these are key pieces to a lineup. These are key pieces mm-hmm. that we, you know, we're going to talk about Point and Kucherov and Stamkos. But when you're losing big pieces, out of sight, out of mind pieces, who are you replacing them with? Yeah, I mean, they Coleman, got they Goudreau's got, they got, thumped. They got thumped last night. They got thumped last night in L.A. I mean, it just wasn't even a game. You know, it's and and again, this is. This is where this is what pisses me off too, because you guys know I'm a gambler, right? So I like I like to play, I like to gamble on the games. And then when I watch some teams again, like we talked about last week, that totally don't even fucking show up for a game, like totally go brain dead, totally come into the locker room, into the locker room before a game, and be like, "Yeah, boys, we're gonna win this game, no problem." Barely tie their skates up, go on the ice, and just get absolutely fucking thumped, like Columbus did last night. Columbus goes on the road. They beat they beat New York Rangers five one in Madison Square Garden the other day, and they come in against arguably the worst team in the National Hockey League and get absolutely destroyed at home. Absolutely destroyed. Now you cannot tell me that if I'm a coach sitting on that Columbus fucking, I would be saying, boys, bring your fucking work boots on tomorrow because you guys don't want to work tonight. You're going to work tomorrow in practice and. And in the old days, they'd be doing they'd be doing wallies back and forth until they puked up their post game beers, you know. Or no, they're, I shouldn't say their beers; they're post game um, uh, nutritional shakes, you know. <laughs> Fucking just 
the 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 lack of professionalism that happens with some of these games. I was watching the, the I was watching the Islander game last week. Uh, I, I think they were playing San Jose, and um, there was five minutes left in the game, and I think the Islanders had twelve shots on net. Twelve. Twelve. What, twelve what shots on net on the set. On the what happened shots, with the Islanders? The you tell me what the hell happened to the Islanders? They were a powerhouse team. They two scared years ago. the shit out of everybody for, for you, a number I'll of years. I'll tell you what happened. They got rid of a very good coach in Barry Trotz. They got rid of a coach who had them playing a team game, a very disciplined defensive style of game, a team that was, I, I think, had a good system that allowed the players to play a, 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 a game that was successful for their roster. And now they suck. And I'm telling you right now, this, this, this is the, a, a perfect example of why you don't get rid of a good coach when things are going well. Yeah, but they were on the decline. Even w- That's the reason why he got fired is because he wasn't getting out what he needed from that from that hockey team yes i know that ba- you know you know looking back on on when barry trotz did get uh removed from his position you know their their captain was out and i you know that it just seemed like um it just seems like it, like i don't know when you guys think of the the islands or if you think of the same thing i just think of the ultimate defensive team like they're they're just so defensive they don't open up and absolutely let their skilled players go out and play it just seems like they they smother but i think that's lou lamorello and i think lou lamorello and barry trotz might have had a, a bit of a falling out there because you know barry trotz likes to let his players be play free as long as they just buy into, you know, when they don't have the puck. That's a quote directly from him recently, and I can't remember where I heard that actually. But yeah, he, yeah that's true. And yeah. it's the it's yeah. the and I wonder if Lou, if Lou Lamorello, you know, who came from that New Jersey team who played a certain way, you know, and I played on on his team too, and and Jacques Lemaire was the coach, and it was a a very the ruined hockey, ruined hockey. Very defensively ruined, sound ruined, mindset. Ruined hockey, ruined hockey on television. In the mid-90s, the, the New Jersey trap ruined the excitement of hockey. Plain and simple. Plain and simple. It's the reason why they got rid of the red line. Because of the stupid, boring, neutral zone trap. You think, do you played. think the game's exciting now from then to now? I think it's exciting, but I, you know, I'll tell you, you know, who's exciting to watch teams like Colorado. I mean, I don't know if you watched that game last night, Rangers and Colorado, but that was a hockey game. I mean, th- those are guys that made plays that pass it through the neutral zone and did things that off the rush, instead of getting the puck behind the net and firing it around the boards so that the guy up at the far blue line can tip it in and they can get in on the four check. Right. I mean, there's so many, there's so many hope fors in these days. The, the throwing the puck from behind the net all the way down, the the amount of terrible, terrible passes that come from the back end, from the top of the circles to try to hit people at the far circle or at the red line that miss by a country mile. I've, I've never seen more icings in my life as I see in the game today. It's 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 awful. But I think the talent is is better. The skating is better. You know, watching some of these players play like that. Watching that fucking Natushkin last night. I mean, the kid's got seven, seven, eight goals. Kid's an, a stud. Watching McKinnon, watching Ranton, watching them move the puck. Watching Vegas last night. You guys watch Vegas in the third period of that San Jose game last night. They just tore that San Jose team apart. With their with their puck movement and their speed and their offense. Unfortunately, are, I was watching the entirety watch. of the Sabres cracking game. That was a tough game for Buffalo coming into Seattle. Has lost a couple of games. That building last night was was ruckus. It was loud. Yeah, yeah I mean it it, like that, that team. They were they were into it. That was a tough game for Buffalo. I I, I I'm almost convinced Bottrell went down to the room and put up twenty five grand of his own money and said, "Do not lose to these fucking guys." 
Because <laughs> he's the assistant GM there. It's probably because the Kraken haven't. I don't think the Sabers have beaten the Kraken yet uh, in their time in the league. And as and Bottrell's in the in Seattle, so you know I gotta I gotta think there's some you know money on the board going on there. No, <laughs> that was you know that's and he'd un- find a way to figure to, to work it into the cap too. <laughs> yeah, it was unfortunate. They, uh, you know, the 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 Kraken went uh, just came off a, a a two game road trip where they split one and one. They beat uh, they beat Colorado. Um, they have a day off, which is much needed. Okay, and then they get a uh, weathered, uh, emotional Sabers team that played. Mm-hmm. I mean, went to the a really best hard hockey. West Coast, West Coast Three, swing. Yeah, Edmonton, Calgary, and Vancouver, and they walk out of those walk out of those uh, three games with three wins. Like I I even think back, I was trying to think when I was playing in Montreal, and we would do that Western swing. You know, how many times did we go out to out west and Mm -hmm. and sweep? You know, Edmonton, Calgary, Vancouver. It was almost especially by the way. Calgary has one loss. Calgary, Calgary's five. Calgary's five and one. And their one loss is the Buffalo. Yeah. So and and, I mean, and Buffalo a- Buffalo was flying six six three that game was they were absolutely moving and grooving. Um, they played exceptionally well in Edmonton. Yeah. They played. I mean, they played an unbelievable game in Vancouver. And here's yeah. the thing that kind of catches you a little bit. Um, they had two days off before uh, before they kind of. Yeah. Seattle. Yeah. They hit Seattle, and I'm going to tell you right now. I bet you there's booze still going through those uh, boys' veins because they uh, yeah. watching last night's game, and you know I wasn't, uh, you know I wasn't sitting there watching, going, you know, getting irritated because what they've what they did in the in the previous three games. I think I think you just have to kind of yeah. say, wow, you know, like there's a lot of new players. Are like, you? Are you? Do you think maybe maybe that was a night before? Was it a night before I, the game? I think it, nah, I, I, I think don't think I don't, uh, I don't think players do. I don't think players do that anymore. I, I really don't. I, I don't think so. I mean, I'd be I'd be shocked to know if there was ever a beer can in the in the locker room anymore, near or near the locker room anymore. Yeah. Um, but I will say, I you know what you just said, Riv. I mean, I my my money last night was on Seattle for that same reason coming off that those three games through the Western swing, having two games off, you, you knew they were going to be flat at some point. Right? Well, I, I was off. talking to a buddy the other day and he was talking about, uh, you know, betting and he was uh, looking at the odds and he's like, yeah, he's like, uh, Seattle's uh favorite. And I looked at him and I was like, what? I'm like, the Sabres are going to spank Seattle. The Sabres have played the best three <laughs> games I've seen them play in a decade. And they are few flying bucks. right now. And then what I watched last night, I was just, I almost had a smile on my face. I was just like, yeah, but see, okay, yeah. but this is because this we, is all know, we all know, we all know it's a learning curve for them, but this is a learning curve for them, right? Because what we talked about in the beginning of the season with uh, Granado getting a getting his extension, right? Is he going to be able to take this team and continue the momentum as well as he, as he finished last year? Well, the answer so far is yes. Okay. But now what, once you get a team that starts winning and you have that kind of success, you, you have, you can't let your guard down against a team that you should beat, right? Should a Buffalo beat Edmonton on the score, on the, on the roster, on the scoreboard? Probably not. Should they have beat Calgary? Definitely not. Should they be? They probably are a closer matchup against Vancouver, but when you're coming down to Seattle, the way that they're playing, they should have beaten Seattle. But you know what? You let your guard down. You start winning. You start feeling a little good about yourself, and next thing you know, yeah, we like we beat Edmonton, Calgary, Vancouver. And now I we're going to play a second year expansion, just, just like who- Columbus. Just like Columbus thought they were going to come in last night, and they barely tied their skates, and they got their ass fucking whooped by a terrible. Arizona hockey team. Arizona shocked two teams this year: Columbus, Buffalo, and, and Toronto. Toronto. Toronto and Columbus. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, it doesn't surprise. I mean, surprise when you look at Toronto. that, it, it is does, that surprising it does not to surprise you? Me. It does not surprise me in Toronto because, again, th- that team, just like Washington Capitals, have that ability or that that bad habit of looking at the team that they're playing. And decide whether they're going to play. In the, like, and, and by the way, Edmonton Oilers are almost getting to that same place. 
Have you ever seen a team that has 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 started late every single game? I mean, the Edmonton Oilers don't even know what time their games start. They're down three or four goals before they wake up and start playing <laughs> hockey. You know, it's just Listen, unbelievable. Pete and I, we have discussed this. I laugh how you say it. The Connor McDavid, the Leon Dreisaitl, they are two of the top five players in the world on the same team. They will never, and I mean never, win a Stanley Cup. They will never win a Stanley Cup in Edmonton. They do not have the depth. They do not have the players. That team, like I look at, I look Toronto Maple Leafs. I think the team in Toronto is way better than the team in Edmonton. They will not win in Edmonton. They will not win in Edmonton. Connor McDavid is going to um, use up the greatest years of his life. And he's playing 26, 27 years of uh, minutes of ice time. He's going to wear his body down. He's going to look back on his career and say it was Edmonton. Because yeah, no one 100%. wants to play in Edmonton. No I one totally wants to sign in Edmonton. Like the guy who signed in Edmonton is Vanner Kane. And, you know, it's not like uh, it's not like yeah, no uh, there's a ton of teams yeah. that are reaching out to this guy. I totally agree with you. You know, you, you said know. you you brought up a name, Jr. Uh, and I I knew he was having a, he was off to a great start. Uh, but I he was a guy that I, when they signed the contract, I was like, what, what? And it was Nakushkin. He's got twelve points Amazing. in seven games, seven Since goals, guys, seven games. Guy, well, look at the playoffs he had last year. I know I mean, he was one. Yeah. Of the, he was one of the. He was one of the MVPs of the playoffs last no year. Question. And that guy, I, I mean, he's on a line right now with. Uh, with uh, McKinnon, uh, watching those guys zip that puck around last night. I mean, Shesterkin looked like Denny Lemieux from Slapshot, you know, <laughs> coming off the guys. <laughs> it, was, it was crazy. It was such a good hockey game. I mean, I wish every game was like that. But um, It'll be interesting to see now that Langdeskog is going to be down for how many weeks? Uh, eight weeks or something like that? Eight weeks. Eight um, weeks it's going to be interesting to see the point totals of Natushkin to see where he goes. This is the first time that he's ever had an opportunity to play with uh, Rantanen and, and uh, McKinnon. And mm-hmm. these are world-class talents oh. offensively. And oh. as players in general, we're going to see what this kid can do. Like he's, what does he have? Seven goals in seven games? Yeah. Seven goals, 12 yeah. points. Yeah. I mean, we're going to get to see when this guy is hit 20 games or 25 games. He might have 40 points. He could play with those Playing guys. With those two guys. Yep. The way he skates, the strength that he has, the ability he has. I mean, the kids, kids are real deal, man. No question about it. It's got, it's been a lot of fun to watch. A lot of fun to watch. You know, the Bruins. I mean, look at the Bruins playing as good as they are. Montgomery Found beat his youth. old team last night. I mean, geez, playing great hockey. Listen, the, the, the teams that I love to watch are, 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 are winning hockey games. You know, obviously the Bruins are playing great. Vegas is playing great. I mean, Colorado has kind of been, I, I think they've under underperformed. Uh, they've lost a couple games that they just didn't bother to show up, but that's, you can understand that coming off of Stanley cup, um, Stanley cup year, but uh, man, it's, it's been, you know, Philly started out pretty good. I mean, they had, they had a, a couple last game, a couple clunkers, but, I mean, Philly played some some good hockey. Uh, Ottawa's playing some good hockey. Uh, well, I want I want to ask you about Ottawa. Uh, Kachuk has ten points already. Do you ever talk to his dad? Uh, I mean, I I correspond with him every once in a while. Yeah, um, I have a I have a cup in my babe. Bring that Keith Kachuk cup for me. Uh, I had this Kachuk cup that I that we had back in Phoenix, right? And and I don't know why I kept it. There's just a really big cool cup that they gave away at one of the. Um, at one of the games that was one of the giveaways to the fans. And so every time I put my, like my, my protein shake in the morning or whatever I do, I, I put it in the big, this big Keith could check up. Hey, bring that cup over here. Mom, um, the meatloaf. <laughs> bring the cup over. <laughs> here, here you go. Check this out. Okay. See, they got, you got the Jeremy Roenick cup. See, it's a big cup, right? And then I turn around. And there's a young Keith Kachuk looking right at me, the big Walt. So I see that, and I took a picture of it and said, man, you used to be a good-looking guy. And he texted back, ha, ha, ha. That's the skinny Kachuk right there. Yeah, exactly. So, oh, yeah. Yeah, so, he was a player, man. Oh, my God, ooh, was he a player. Man. 
He wow. he just had everything. Like, I mean, him in today's game, like, oh, not, my, not I, a great I, skater, not a great skater. Okay. So he's, he's, he goes down in the annals of the best goal scorers in the game that weren't great skaters. He can get around, like he, he can, he can get around, but it was his, his ability around the net, his presence in front of the net, uh, his ability to have little plays that he, he was so good coming off that right side, a little juke to the shot and then move to the middle and then fire it. Um, he was tough. He was, he was a, he was a great leader. He was tough on his players, like competitively. God. He, so some of the best players, the goal scorers that couldn't skate, like obviously, you know, you look at Luke Robitaille, Luke Robitaille was not a great skater at all. Scored what? 700 goals. Steve yeah. Larmer. Steve Larmer was not a great fast skater. He scored over 400 goals. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, these guys are, are their brainchilds, right? Or their their toughness and smart. Keith Kachuk was an absolute beast. These kids are killing it in the league, and then you just wonder what he says to them as a as a parent. That was that was such a an uh, he's he's uh, listen. He's he's raised those kids to be competitors. He's raised them to be hockey nuts. He's um, you know um, hockey you know rink rink rats. Um, he has raised them to love the game and to be passionate about the game and and respect the game the way that he did. And, you know, any you, you talk about probably one of the most disliked players in, in the game, and Matthew Kachuk is going to be in the, in the top three from any play, person that plays. But you you talk about any teammate of Matthew Kachuk, and I bet you you're going to say he's one of the best teammates. And that's how Keith Kachuk was. You know, just a pain in your ass to play against, but an amazing teammate. Uh, Austin Matthews, one goal in seven games. Any concern for him? No. Look, look what look at last year. I think he had one goal in the first eleven games last year, and then he went on a just a torrid streak where he scored sixty in seventy two games. Right? He has that ability to turn it on. He just needs he he needs to get a couple lucky bounces and. I mean, look at Patrick Kane. Patrick Kane just scored his his first goal last night, right? Um, not that he Patrick Kane is the goal scorer that Matthews is, but um, I mean that's it's one of the reasons why Toronto hasn't been winning more consistent is because Matthews isn't scoring, but he'll he'll turn it on. All right, anything to be said for Cole Caulfield of Montreal? Kid's got five goals. Yeah, here's the guy that got sent down, right? How much of I mean, that is Marty St. Louis, you think? A lot. Like you want to talk about you want to talk about a, a small, smaller player having somebody to look up to to hear advice, to 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 bounce things off of, to, you know, I'm sure Marty St. Louis treats Caulfield, you know, better than everybody on that team. Because of the style of play, the size, the the talent wise, a hundred percent, Marty St. Louis is is mostly responsible for how Cole Caulfield's playing this year. Although Montreal sucks, but Caulfield's playing good. Before we get out of here today, I wanted to uh, go over one more one more uh, topic, uh, which I think is really interesting. So. You know, Barry Trotz is obviously one of the most storied coaches in NHL history. Um, and he's he's basically on the shelf right now. I think he's he's earned it, he's deserved it, taking a little bit of break, um, recharging the batteries. And, you know, people are asking questions, you know, if is is he ready to get back in into the coaching? Now I know that he was he interviewed for a few jobs. Okay. Um, over the summer, just something that he wasn't interested. Uh, I know that he was really, uh, deep into the, the Winnipeg jets, uh, head coach position and he just, uh, he turned it down. He, he right now is it, they're not the fits for him. Cause I think at this point in time, he's going to be a little bit more choosy. Um, there's an article that came out talking about, uh, you know, the interest for him would possibly be coaching an original six team would spark uh, some some intrigue. Uh, 
And when you look at, uh, you know, the possibilities of an original six team in the NHL, you go over and, and you, and you say, okay, like what, what would be the teams? Like, obviously Montreal Canadians are not firing, uh, Martin St. Louis and, 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 you know, what two. Only they're two. doing there. You have Chicago Blackhawks that just hired Luke Richardson and they're they're playing like literally out of their mind. Uh Detroit Red Wings just hired this year Lalonde, um, who who is doing a, a fantastic job there. You have the Boston Bruins have who? Montgomery. They just Montgomery hired him. Just hired him. Okay. Crushing so it. that yeah. leaves the Rangers. Rangers, um, who do they nope. have? Nope. They have the one of the best young young player coaches in in the game and they're and not getting that? rid of him <sighs> gerard gallant yeah gerard gallant yeah. gerard gallant gerard gallant so it leaves you kind of like you know one opportunity but is there a, is there a re- realistic opportunity in toronto 100 <laughs> percent. yes 100 percent. because i'll tell you right now if toronto does not have a good road trip here um you know and it started off bad they lost in in in, uh in vegas i mean you can't you can't be in toronto after what they did last year and and choking again in the playoffs and come out and be under 500 after you know coming into christmas if they're under 500 coming into christmas and they don't get rid of that coach that that toronto system that toronto fan base is going to lose their fucking minds. It's a big road trip. They have Winnipeg, which they won. They lost to Vegas. They have two days off in between. They have San Jose. If they lose that San Jose game, man, uh, then they have L.A. and Anaheim. They should be taking all three of these these games on the on the you know southern west coast swing. San Jose, L.A., and Anaheim. They are not the strongest teams in the league. Anaheim is literally like a tap in yeah. gimme in in, in uh, should be. And, and San Jose is the same thing. Those are like gimmies in yeah, golf. San Jose, look, like, look at San Pick Jose, your ball though. up I mean, and go. Take the two I, points. I watched, hey, listen, I watched San Jose last night, and I, I, I had Vegas in, in my, you know, in my, my, my bets column. And the only reason I had Vegas is because San Jose was coming off a long road trip. They're out the East Coast. They beat, obviously, they beat the Islanders, which wasn't big. They beat Philadelphia. Philadelphia was playing really good hockey. Right. And San Jose went in and, and thumped them and then flew all the way back. East. I'll tell you what, that was a hockey game last night in Vegas. The, the Vegas was struggling with San Jose last night. It was 2-1, 2 1 going into the third period. And Vegas had to turn it on to, to, to beat that team. The team's got the team's got some players. They just can't put it together right now. Tamo Meyer doesn't even have a goal yet. Right. And so that team's not easy to play against San Jose. I can see, I can see San Jose beating Toronto. In the well, next listen, game. I mean, Toronto I, Maple I, I would normally be... say, I would normally say this, that Toronto Maple Leafs going in and playing the San Jose Sharks and Anaheim, who are the, two of the, the bottom feeders in the league that just don't, do, they don't have the depth. Okay. They don't have it. I would normally say that those are literally tap in games, Should be, but they're Should not be. because the Montreal Canadiens, we're supposed to be a tap in and they lost the first game of the season. Then they turn around, they win a couple and they they're feeling good about Toronto nation. And then all of a sudden they have, they're playing uh, the uh, Arizona uh, coyotes and lose the Arizona coyotes. Arizona state. Arizona state. So this this is where, this is, this is where I'm saying to you that the preparation, that the arrogance, okay. Of the team you play for. And sometimes the arrogance that some teams have going in and looking now, Toronto is one of those arrogant teams that go in there and just play to the players that the team that they're playing against. Okay. You know, they're going to play great against Edmonton because Connor McDavid versus Matthews that they're going to be up for that one. Um, You know, Winnipeg, I don't see being a very, very impressive win. I mean, they're, they're an okay team, but now you got the Toronto Maple Leafs going into California, the sun, it's nice there You're playing teams that they should beat. I can see them totally not preparing for this game, enjoying being on the West Coast swing, letting their guard Enjoying down, that California, and getting, California and getting, wine, eh? Absolutely. Hey, listen, just happened to just happened to Tampa. They went all the way across country. I know it's a tough, tough uh, swing to go from East Coast to West Coast and then play L.A. But L.A. just manhandled Saint uh, uh, Tampa last night. 
It can happen. You can let your so guard spinning down it all back, Jr. Do you think if and and listen? I mean, you you brought up uh, uh, Christmas time. You brought up in December. If this <laughs> team is losing, you know, in the next ten games, and they're not, th- this team is just not getting it done. There will be there yeah. will be a change, and is Heck, Barry Trotz the guy for this job? It's 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 an established team. It has older veteran players. Um, it has elite talent and Matthews and Marner and and you know this He'll is take the this, job in a heartbeat, Riv. I, yeah. I mean, if if, if he has the, a chance, if the Toronto Maple Leafs decide to move on from Sheldon Keefe, they're not bringing up the guy from the American League, or they're not going and finding a new rookie coach. They're going to go find a guy. It's going to be Joel the Washington Capitals with Alex Ovechkin. Yeah. Joel Quenville or Trotz. It's got to be. You're going to grab a guy that knows how to win with the stars because it's one thing to have stars and have them perform. It's another thing to win with them. You remember back when um, what uh, it was Trotz that was coaching um, Washington, correct? Washington, Washington yes. Mm-hmm. And when he got to Washington, he was watching the greatest goal scorer of all time, mm-hmm. literally not play a 200 foot game. Okay. He was extremely soft on the back check. He did not play any defense whatsoever. He, he basically, you know, Ovechkin was a, a, a perimeter type guy in, in the most tar- part shooting and scoring from the outsides. And there was parts of his game that were not indicative of, of winning championships and, uh, and being successful. And Barry Trotz, if you if you go back and you read the articles that he was very hard on uh, on Ovechkin, he he basically told him if you you are going to be the greatest goal scorer of all time or one of them, but you're not going to win anything with the way that you play. So you're either going to change your ways, okay, and and possibly give yourself a chance to win a, 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 a like a, a Stanley Cup, or you can just keep doing what you're doing. Ovechkin went from minus 35 that year to, you know, a player that he could put on the ice at the end of the game to, to lock down a game because Ovechkin made the choice to change his style in order to win. And, and by the way, it's Ovechkin it, 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 it's a hunt. You're a hundred percent right. You know, what also that does not only does it make Alex Ovechkin a better team, a better player, but it makes the, it makes the team better because everybody else below Ovechkin, if he's doing it, Everybody else has to do it, right? Exactly. So, you know, no matter who you are, whether you're Backstrom or whether you're all the way down to, you know, to the fourth line player, everybody's got to do the same thing. So it just goes back to my last point is when you have Barry Trotz, who has, who's seen a lot of different hockey, seen a lot of different players, a lot of different team systems, he's going to be looking at a Toronto Maple Leaf team that has, you know, the, the leadership and the veteran leadership and, and, and a Johnny T, you know, he has world-class players and, and William Nylander, Math, uh, Marner and, and, and Matthews. But the, but the thing is, can he alter, not change their game, but ask them to alter their game a little bit that will give the team more success moving forward in order to win championships. And it's going to be I, interesting. I, you know what I would love? You know, I'd love to. I would love for a survey to go through, you know, Toronto Maple Leafs fan base, right? And say, should should the Leafs change coaches? That that's that's going. You to know be how to put a poll? <laughs> I'm 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 dead serious because like no no I do not. But I'll <laughs> I'll I'll tell you what you think. What do you think? Like we're gonna no, throw it out. Get to your, to make no, your there's an actual poll. That there's you a can way put to do out. a poll on on Twitter. And you can just say, w- would you, if Barry grab Trotz your phone, is we'll walk you through it. We'll walk you through it. Who wants no, we'll, to change we'll the coach? Yes or no? And you'll have you'll have ten thousand people vote on that in an hour. Uh, and uh, we'll just put it. We got to put it to the show because that's this, this is how we're finishing the show on, on if 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 it needs to be done because they're underperforming again this year. I don't care what you say. And, the, and, and, and I, I, I continue to go back. Like, I mean, Austin Matthews is a top elite player in the game. We talk about Austin Matthews finishing last year. You're like, okay, where's Austin Matthews fit in, in, in all the players in the world. You're like, he's probably second right behind Connor McDavid. Well, he's not performing like a, like a, like the best player in the world. 
You know, Mitch Marner has one goal, five points in seven games. Statistics are fine, but who gives a shit million. about statistics? It's ten, about ten, the, no, ten million bucks. You should you gotta gotta be more than a point a game. Yeah. At ten million bucks. I don't care what you say. Okay, let's finish off the Canadian swing. We've talked about every single team, okay? Uh Vancouver, are they gonna fire Boudreaux or what? I will tell you this. Boudreaux is a really good, good man. He's a good person. He's a fun person. He's a hockey guy. I just don't, I, I, I don't know. He's, he's got a really good team, some really good players out there in Vancouver, and they are just atrocious from the, from the 30 minute mark to the 60 minute mark. And when that happens, I think that's more that's more coaching than than players. Tell you the truth. Hey, so so boys, this we gotta we gotta plan uh, we gotta plan our, our my in Buffalo in, in Buffalo thing, and I'm bringing I'm even though you don't drink PD, my whiskey is flying off off the shelves right now online. Make sure you guys buy some, and all you listeners, you gotta buy some. I'm telling you, and we're running out because my. The that, that bottle signed, looks half empty, Jr. Like, what is going on? You're gonna. It's gonna be hard for you not to finish it in one <laughs> sitting. I'm telling you, that's how good it is. So, whiskey in the wild, boys. Just make sure. Can't wait to there. try it. We, um, our first three months, uh, our analytics have come back. We have just blown away uh, any other any other new spirit on uh, online on our online libdib. They haven't seen a, a launch like this for a spirit in ever. We're just killing it. So and we haven't even marketed anything. I'm just I'm just showing the bottle. See how beautiful the bottle is? And it tastes even better. You know so, what it looks like? It looks like a gigantic bottle of cologne. It's a beautiful bottle. You know, it's you know a people, sharp bottle. You know, That's what you I know, mean. You know what people do? You know what people do when they finish the bottle? They fill it with olive oil and they keep it. They put flowers in it. It's like a piece of art. Just like after the whistle hit their their million million downloads, I want to hit I want to hit a million bottles sold soon. So let's you guys can help. Well, when you hit ten million bottles, uh, you're bringing us to Malta. <laughs> I'm bringing you someplace better than Malta, big boy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I, well, I look forward to that. Awesome. That's a wrap on another episode of After the Whistle. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter after the whistle. And at Craig Reve 52 at the instigator 76. And you can find us as you already know on Apple, Spotify and YouTube and anywhere else where you can get your podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to spread the word.